welcome to another episode of the Hat Collecting Talk Show, where we talk about the many metaphorical hats that people wear throughout their lives. Uh, and also related things like age, mental health, schedules, community, and more. Uh, I am your host, Lacey Artemis. I am a creative Jill of all trades, and you can find me online as Artemis Creates. Uh, my guest today is Lore, who is a photographer, a uh, photographer and gamer, an avid backpacker, and the creator of the Trans Peer Network on Discord. Lore is non-binary and uses they/them pronouns for the listeners. Thank you so much for being on the show, Lore. Thank you for having me. <laughs> um, so yeah, as as the regular listeners will kind of now know, there's a series of questioning that I go through, and it's been s- slowly evolving over time. But I think I'm getting closer to what will probably be the final. So there's a few new questions in today's episode, and a few uh, familiar favorites. Um, we're going to start with a brief land acknowledgement here. Uh, something I want to start doing. Um, Laura and I both live in Toronto presently, and Toronto or Tecoronto is a dish with one spoon territory. Uh, stat- there's a dish with, dish with one spoon treaty territory, a treaty established between the Mississaugas of the Credit, the Anishinaabe, uh, the Huron Wendat, and the Haudenosaunee. Um, yeah, it's still I'm still getting used to saying all of that, but it's it's important. So. Um, I know that uh, you are not originally from Toronto. Did you want to uh, talk a little bit about where you are from and maybe share anything that you think people should know about that? Um, Sure. Yeah, I moved here pretty much a year ago. Um, This is my first time living in North America. I lived in Europe first, but before this, before moving to Toronto, I lived in Berlin for eight years, more or less. Um, And before that, I moved around a bunch between Germany, Hungary, France, Mostly those three, mostly growing up in, in Germany first and then going to high school in Hungary and then university in Berlin. Yeah. Okay. Is there anything like misconceptions or, or things that like you've heard people say about Germany or Berlin that you want to like uh, correct or, or clarify? <laughs> um, I think the biggest one that I always find very funny is that for a lot of people in North America, um, Bavaria is Germany, or like the Bavarian stereotypes are what they equate with all of Germany, even mm-hmm. though they're very specific to that area. So people in most parts of Germany don't wear Lederhosen. Um, Oktoberfest is not really something that is celebrated in Berlin, for example. All of these things are very specifically Bavarian stereotypes. And you can very much see how, because of how Germany was divided between the um, the victors of World War II, you can see how the the stereotypes in the in North America are very much from the U.S. territories, um, so that's always been really fun to see. <laughs> hmm. um, so, the thing I did forget to just mention, I realized. Um, sorry, not to to change the subject suddenly, but um, I am excited to say that uh, by the time you're listening to this or watching this, uh, the show is on Spotify. It is live there, and it should also be on uh, iTunes or Apple Podcasts. And I'm trying to get it out to as many different places as I can, because I know not everyone will want to sit and watch, you know, an hour of video or whatever. So I'm excited about that. It's kind of a a new step for me. I haven't uh, done like Spotify and stuff before. Um, So yeah, we're going to head into the questioning here. So the first question, as uh, we're all familiar with, is uh, what are some things that you're currently working on? Um. I pretty much have one big project, and that's the Transpeer Network that you mentioned before. Mm-hmm. Um, I work on that at right now mostly on Discord, um, but that's expanding at some point in the future. So that's taking up about 60 hours a week. So I don't really have a lot of time for other 
projects mm -hmm. next to it. Um, but because it's a huge thing, there's a lot of different aspects to it, I would guess say. So yeah, that's, yeah. that's what I do all day. <laughs> you, you do definitely have to wear many hats to run uh, a community, that's for sure. Um, I, I saw, I remember seeing a tweet from you at one point about like how you, it wasn't really your plan to start a, a discord <laughs> server. It just kind of like, can you talk a little bit more about that? How did that actually come yeah, about? Sure. Um, so the first beginning I would say where I, that, that I can pinpoint was last year, American Thanksgiving, where I just you know, all throughout the day, people were talking about how it's difficult because either they can't be with their families or they have to be with their families or like all of these things. Like for queer people in general, like just being with family is often very difficult. And I was sitting here on the couch and I was like, well, it's Thursday. I'm in Canada. Thanksgiving has already happened. I don't really care. So let's just do something nice for people who, who need a space or need some place to be. And so I just tweeted about I just tweeted out my Discord and was like, hey, just join me on Discord. Um, let's hang out with it. At that point, what, I was at like 1,200 followers or something. So the amount of people who came was not that big. It was like four or five people who showed up during the night. But we had a really good time just chatting in the background. And so because that went really well, I did the same thing again for New Year's. By that point, there were many more people joining. So we had... Um, I think 40-something people who came in at some point over the night. We had a 14-hour hangout. We streamed it to Twitch and had a couple hundred people watching there. And it just was this really nice, fun New Year's party for a bunch of people who didn't want to or can uh, couldn't go to other New Year's parties in person. Um, and because everybody loved it so much, they asked me to make these more often. And I really enjoyed hosting that. So I was like, yeah, sure, let's do this every week. And so in mid-January, I started hosting weekly Hangouts just on Discord, but not with a server, just a private DM call that people joined in. And people kept asking for Discord server and kept asking for a Discord server. And I used to run a 500, 600-member competitive PvP MMO guild for a couple of years, mm -hmm. which was a lot of work and a lot of frustration and... At some point, I just gave up on that, or like I, I stepped down. I was like, "Y'all have to deal with this without me. Um, this is too much work." And so I, back then, had sworn to myself, "I will never ever again manage an online community because it's just too much of a hassle. It's not worth it. It's it's too much." Mm. And so when I made the Discord server, I said, "Listen, this is here. I'll I'll I'll, I'll have this as a lobby for the calls, but I'm not let I'm not going to let this become its own thing. I'm not going to let this become like a community Discord or something because that's too much work. And I need words. to find a job, and I need to make money. Um, and then I kept applying for jobs in Toronto um, already before lockdown started." And it was really hard and I didn't really find anything. And after hundreds of resumes sent and two callbacks altogether with no actual job, at some point I got really angry because I applied for a job that I was absolutely perfect for. That was basically what I'm doing now. Hmm. And I didn't hear back from them. And I got really annoyed and was like, okay, f I'm sorry. Okay. <laughs> I, <laughs> I am just going to do this. I'm going to lean into this TPN thing that I started accidentally. And I'm just going to push for this. And so over the last eight months, I've turned that into my job. So we started this server in early February at this point. It's, again, like 60 hours a week at least. So it's a full-time job. Um, I'm getting 
some money on Patreon and that helps. It's not a full-time salary yet, um, but we're getting there. And yeah, it was a quick little thing that I started and just kept growing and growing and growing. And now we are at almost 800 members and... <laughs> Yeah, I've I've uh, I've been on that server not since the very beginning, but uh, since I think earlier this year. Um, and like I've seen it grow, and like I just I know you didn't have the intention to become a community manager essentially, but um, no, I did. I just meant oh. to do that somewhere else. Oh, okay, I for community management positions other in other places. That's already my background is in community okay. management, event management, okay. project management. So I I have the background. I was just going to do that for one of the queer um, LGBT organizations here in Toronto instead of for my own. <laughs> See, it's it's interesting because this has come up on previous episodes where we talk about how uh, like you want to do something, you do do something and you're trying to get like someone to pay you to do it. And a lot of times we're just sort of maybe forced isn't the right word, but just we end up doing it ourselves anyways. And sometimes we get lucky and it actually takes off and it becomes what we wanted anyways, if not quite the way we expected. And sounds like this has kind of been that for you, except without the like, you know, proper salary. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So um, for now, <laughs> for now, yeah. Um, I, I do encourage everyone to, to get on Patreon and, and support this. Um it's it's definitely a worthy cause and a great community. Um, so the next question here on our list is, uh, when you were a child, when you were young, do you remember what you wanted to be or to do when you grew up? Um, I honestly mostly defaulted to doctor because my dad was a doctor. Mm. And it's not something I really thought about that much. I didn't really have a lot of future plans. Um, having an enthusiastic plan about my future and where I want to go long-term is a very new thing. Um, that kind of just became possible after I came out and transitioned and actually enjoyed the idea of a future me. So hmm. I don't, I didn't have like any big plans that were like set in stone for a long time. Okay. And so um I know roughly what your age is. I don't remember exactly, but uh, this next question kind of centers around this idea of age 30 being this, this magical milestone that you either have everything figured out and you're successful or it's too late and you're, you're screwed. Um, so when, when the age of 30 comes for you, um, do you have a, like a, a sense of like where you want to be in relation to your goals and your plans at that point? Um, I would dispute, um, that age 30 means something, especially in trans and queer circles. I would yeah. say that those are cis timelines and the yeah. best thing we can do and the best thing that I have found for myself to do and what I tell everybody else to do is to just, just ignore them. It's it's not meaningful. It doesn't matter. We don't work in the same, our lives don't work the same way. I'm yeah. in puberty right now, I'm 28. Um, it's absurd, it's fine. Just deal mm -hmm. with it. <laughs> yeah, no, so, for sure. I don't really consider my... I don't. I, I just turned twenty eight on Monday, so um, I don't consider. Thank you. <laughs> I don't really think about those things in that way. Um, I don't think that my thirties are going to be very much like cishets thirties are supposed to be, and I don't really mind that. I don't have big plans outside of the TPN. I am. I want it by then to um, have it set up as a nonprofit. Have the opportunity to pay myself a salary, hopefully pay other people's salaries as well. That would be really cool. 
Um, I have a lot of plans for where to take the TPN. Um, outside of that, I don't really have big other plans. Hmm. Yeah, no, I, I definitely agree with you about the the age thirty thing being like like it's it's more this cultural narrative, and you're, and you're definitely right. Like on this show so far, it hasn't been intentional, but. Uh, I think all but maybe one of my guests, like a lot of them have been trans or non-binary. And uh, most of us, if not all of us, have also had some kind of neurodiversity. And so for people in either of those categories or in both of those categories, like normal, quote unquote, normal timelines mean nothing. And so I think yeah. you're, you're absolutely right. And so the, the, the idea here is, though, I, I'm trying to address kind of society more broadly. So um, it just so happens that we've had a lot of people that, that don't follow those, those norms as much. And so that does affect that, like, well, yeah, a lot of us are not going to have. But even I think I'm curious how many people who are like cis or who are not neurodivergent um, are sort of on that track more so. Um, but uh, yeah, so we're going to continue rolling along here. Um, so this is a new question for the listeners. Uh, we've all had people say discouraging things to us about our dreams or goals, but uh, I thought to kind of do like a more, a bit of a more fun twist on this. I would, I would ask, uh, has there ever been like an obviously or hilariously bad piece of advice that you've heard given to someone or given to yourself? Um, I'm sure there's many that I just don't remember. I, I'm not very good at recalling things I don't like. Um, <laughs> Fair enough. It's, it's a coping mechanism. <laughs> mm. I remember one thing where I, so when I, after, you know, after high school, I graduated high school and I was basically sitting down and being like, okay, so what, what university do I go to? What, what classes do I take? What kind of, um, what is, what's my direction? And <clears throat> back then the, for the first, the first choice I, I took was um, law. And so I went to Berlin and I started studying law. And after a year of that, well, after two months, basically, I realized that this is not for me um, because it wasn't taught as a science or as a scholarly endeavor. It was very much taught as a toolkit, as a, this is, these are the laws, this is how you use them for your advantage, learn them, and then that's it. And I... I'm much too critical and much too curious for that to do that for years and years. And so I dropped out of that and went over to political sciences, which was same topic, but actually like why, and are you sure this is good is encouraged instead of discouraged. Um, and my granddad got very upset because in his mind, you need to do law, you need to do STEM or you need to do, that's pretty much it. Yeah, it's 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 law or STEM. So he's a doctor, and he decided that um, this was a bad mistake for me because I should have picked something more reasonable to study. Um, and yeah, that obviously didn't work for me because those are not the fields that that make sense. And the idea of choosing a field because of your idea about the entire field and stuff because that's something that you're passionate about doesn't really make sense to me. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, I kind of I've I've talked briefly about this with past guests. Of uh, a lot of us have kind of heard the thing of like if you're if you're creative when you're young and you're like I want to go do something artistic, like well that can never pay the bills. And um, this is something like it has come up a few times. And uh, a lot of people, like my dad, kind of said a similar thing to me, where it's like you know you, you should get a job in the trades. And I I had some interest in some of that stuff, but. 
Um, I've just always had too much artistic uh, ideas and, and, and drive and inspiration. And so it's been a matter of trying to find a way to make that into something uh, like it's not paying the bills yet, but that's kind of the hope for one day. Um, so our next question here, we're going to do another sort of trying to find a positive out of something a little less uh, ideal. Um, the pandemic has obviously disrupted most people's plans and lives and forced us to adapt on the fly. Um, but have there been any positives or silver linings that have resulted from the disruption for you? Definitely. Um, I, I worked from, I mean, I applied for jobs from home before the pandemic started. I had just moved to Toronto. It was winter. I didn't really leave the apartment much. Um, I didn't really know many people yet because I had just moved here. And so when lockdown happened, it didn't really change much other than the frequency of grocery shopping runs um, because I was doing the same thing I did before, basically. What the silver lining for me was is that because I had this DPN and had the Hangouts set up a couple of weeks, maybe a month and a half in advance of lockdown starting in North America, it meant that by the time everybody was suddenly stuck at home, by the time all the local support groups closed down, by the time everybody needed online community, we were already up and running and we had the infrastructure set up and we had the basic experience already figured out. And so we had a huge increase. We went from one to three hangouts a week. We went from a couple dozen members to several hundred members. And for the Transpeer Network and thus for my job, um, it was a huge boost because it was exactly what people asked for and needed in the time when lockdown started. Um, so that has been a big bonus. Um, I'm getting kind of tired of it. I'm getting tired of the border closure. Um, most of my friends are in the US and some of them are very close, like three, four hours drive from here and there's no way to see them. And that's kind of rough. But when it comes to what I was trying to build before that and when it comes to what I'm working now, Honestly, lockdown are is ideal conditions for me. <laughs> yeah, I uh, just to kind of touch on it again briefly from my side, uh, it's I've been very fortunate uh, in my life situation as well, and um, the the lockdown has afforded me a lot more uh, space and time to work on my aspirations, and um, that's been. Uh, it's, but it's also been the culmination of years of kind of working at it. And I finally, this year just happened that I finally felt like I found the, the right combination, the right theme. I really feel like I hit my stride this year and I'm really excited about that. And I mean, just been bad news after bad news after bad news. But, you know, as much as there's been uh, rough, uh, rough changes, there have been some uh, unexpected positives. And uh, that's something I do want to try to share with my audience. Um, so another question that's been a mainstay of this show, uh, it's a little, it's something I think it's important to talk about and try to get a variety of uh, perspectives on. Um, have you dealt with any disabilities or mental health challenges in your life and how have you worked through them? Yeah, I mean, no physical disabilities that I know of <laughs> um, or that have any kind of effect on, effect on my life. Um, Mental-wise, I, um, I have ADHD, which is currently undiagnosed because I don't have the money to pay for a diagnosis for adults in Ontario. So that's something that I have to self-medicate for. I deal with anxiety a lot. Um, I 
have dealt with a lot of depression that's been much better lately and I haven't felt that way in a very long time but those are definitely things that um, have an impact and because none of it is really medicated for me it's mostly coping mechanisms when it comes to ADHD it's coping mechanisms like lists of lists of lists of lists and reminders that remind me of the reminders that I set and um just finding an environment that works for me and finding um, a workflow that works for me. And with anxiety, it's mostly talking about it. It's for me, it's a lot of anxiety around very important, special relationships for me. And so what helps me is very openly talking about those so that the people around me who can trigger those issues for me can accommodate for those and understand what's happening when, when I start behaving in a way they don't understand. Um, so just being very aware of what triggers it, what causes it, what feelings are involved in that and communicating those openly has been very helpful. Yeah, definitely. And that actually brings up a good point that, uh, is kind of, uh, when I was hanging out with flower, actually guest from episode three, um, I was hanging out at their apartment a little while ago and they were having a, uh, a mental health episode while I was there. And I had never experienced that particular type of an episode before. And I had absolutely no idea what to do. And so thankfully flowers wife was there and I said, um, you know, is, is flower okay. And then they kind of took care of it. But then that made me think going forward with my friends, if, if they confide in me uh, or confide publicly that they have uh, any kind of uh, mental health issue or even disability, um, maybe, maybe it's not mental and say, okay, what, what do you need? Like when, when we're spending time together, what do you need? How can I help? How can I not make it worse uh, unintentionally? Yeah. <laughs> and I think that's something to, to be aware of for everybody. Um, so thank you for, um, for bringing that, uh, to, to light. Um, so this next question, perhaps a little bit redundant, but uh, just in case you have a little bit more that you want to say about it, um, to people who are under 30 and feel lost and not sure what to do, I know you said we kind of all like it, uh, but is there any like more specific thing that you, you might want to say to those people? God, it's hard to give advice to people who are, you know, my age and in my situation, um, especially because I don't know what I'm doing. I'm just doing things. Um, but for me, that's been working out really well. So for me, what helps, and like, this is something I'm, I don't like to give advice on because everybody's different. Everybody has different backgrounds, different abilities around these things. I have the luxury and privilege to be able to just kind of do my thing and I'm allowed to fail. And that makes a huge difference. This, I am allowed to fail. And if I, if I completely, utterly fail, I have something to fall back on that is going to protect me and that means that I have been able to just kind of go with it and be like I'll figure it out when I get there I don't have to have a five-year plan I have a two-month plan and I have a vague idea of the direction I want to move in long term so for me it's been very much a following my passion and following my interests and following what I know I'm good at instead of what brings in enough money to pay the bills um, but I'm very uncomfortable suggesting that as a general piece of advice because that comes from a place of immense privilege and in a financial economic sense. So yeah, I'm not sure I'm the right person for this. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. Um, 
And uh, ADD just struck me again because, uh, again, I've mentioned before the challenge of being both the host and the producer at the same time. I can't do, I can't literally do both at once. So I'm trying to like listen as intently as I can, but also try to be aware of like noise so I can mute myself. And um, sometimes I think of something I want to say while the guest is talking. And by the time they finish talking, it's gone, <laughs> which just happened to me. So um, I guess I really know that feeling. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's the, the blessing of the curse of ADD. But um, yeah, I definitely, uh, even with the, that struggle and with those challenges, uh, this is, and, and you're right, like everyone is different and we kind of all just have to find our way. And I think this show is, again, it wasn't intentionally meant to have a mostly kind of like trans or neurodiverse audience. That's kind of the way it's shaken out so far, but I am seeking to get more variety of guests and more like kind of typical uh, or, or um, normative guests, I guess, maybe for lack of a better term. Um, and since I can't remember what I wanted to say, I'm just going to move on. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, I've got copious show notes here, uh, for the listeners and even so things still get away from me sometimes. Um, so the next question here, and this is one that I have asked on previous episodes, um, do you have a like a peak time of day? I know I've talked to you kind of a bit more privately about this uh, or on some of the TPN calls, but um, this comes to the idea that I've seen. If you've ever seen these like charts or, or graphics, maybe on social media uh, where they talk about these like famous artists like Beethoven or Picasso and like what their, their daily schedules are like and how they compare and, like, which one are you most like? And I thought it's, just, it's kind of a funny idea, but so I'm just asking different people because it's interesting to see where different people fall. Hmm. Um, I do not have a schedule. So I go to bed somewhere between midnight and 4 a.m. And I wake up somewhere between 6 and 10 a.m., I guess. Um, and so I don't really have, because I don't have a job that like requires me to be in a certain place at a certain time, because sometimes I work until 1, 2 a.m. on the TPN Hangouts, um, because I have a lot of friends in very, very, very different time zones from North America, I absolutely don't have any kind of peak time or peak anything. I have trained myself over the years with constantly being very much online and not, not working in office jobs too much to just go with whatever happens. And so by the time, at some point, I'm going to be tired and I'm going to go to bed and I'm going to sleep for a couple of hours and then be awake for a couple of hours and sleep some more and then be awake again. And I can usually jump into productivity mode pretty quickly um, if ADHD lets me. Um, so I don't really have any kind of schedule like that. Yeah, that, that, that makes sense. Uh, I Because I still have a, an actual day job, although it's a very flexible one, and I've been working in a pretty flexible job for a few years now. So my schedule is closer to like a typical kind of nine to five, but um it's it like again since the shutdown like i've been working from home full-time since march so um my my day is is very kind of like like malleable as you mentioned the different time zones there are a few people from you know other continents that i'm talking to about uh, coming on the show so trying to coordinate that especially australia that's that's a really tough one <laughs> Yeah. Um, yeah, but uh, actually, I do want to mention, uh, before I forget, before ADD steals it from me again, um, so as I said, I do want to get more of a variety of guests on this show, and that's that's not only, uh, like, 
uh, age-wise and gender-wise and um, like race-wise, uh, like I want to have. Uh, so essentially, what I'm trying to drive at here is if you you would be interested in in coming on the show and answering these questions and uh, talking about stuff, uh, you can reach out to me at hatcollectingshow at gmail.com. And uh, I'll try to figure something out. Um, but it uh, might just take a little while because I do have a bit of a, a queue going right now. Um, but to continue on here, um, this is also a new question that I'm starting to ask. And it may or may not stick. We'll see. Um, what would you say are your two most dissimilar hats? So basically your two most dissimilar skills or interests or that sort of thing. Um, I would say it's on the one hand, community management, and on the other hand, backpacking. Because one is very stationary and very focused on a lot of people and on social interactions between these people and on creating a space where people can be together. And then the other is about just disappearing into the woods for a week, not really meeting anybody, not really spending time with anybody, um, not really being around people and just walking, getting up in the morning, walking, going to bed, getting up in the morning, walking, going to bed. Um, and those two things are very different in, in what they give me and why I love them and in what kind of skill sets they require. And they're my two main things that I do. So <laughs> that is a great first example for that question. I like it. <laughs> um, so another question here, I think I asked this in a couple of bonus episodes now, um, but I'm going to try it on the main show. Um, what is the last new thing you learned, whether it was like a concept, a fact, a skill, or something like that? And what is the next new thing that you'd like to learn or try? Um, I'm, I'm sorry. It's, my life is literally centered around one thing, so my answers are always going to be the same. <laughs> um, it's Discord, honestly. It's a, it's a huge app, and we have 12, I think, different bots that are running on the server and making all of those work and making them work together and figuring out how to make all of the technical background aspects of this community work seamlessly and safely has been a huge challenge and something that I'm still learning. So that's been the big thing that I've learned in this year as a skill or as a like knowledge base. And the next one is going to be, I'm going to have to sit down at some point and look at Canadian um, not-for-profit law and how to turn things into not-for-profit and how to deal with budgeting and finances and the legal background of all of those things. And that's going to be a big, that's going, that's the big next step for me. And that's a, a skill or a, 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 an area of expertise that I don't have yet that I know I'm going to have to acquire soon. Yeah, that definitely sounds uh, like, uh, despite the fact that my day job is kind of in the like accounting bookkeeping realm, um, it's it's certainly not something that I would that I ever enjoy spending like copious amounts of time on. And, um, I don't even do my own taxes, and I'm thankful for that. Uh, I have yeah. someone that does them, so I I don't envy you, and I hope that maybe somebody in your network might be able to help you with that, with giving you some some tips or uh, yeah. things like that. Um, so, yeah, uh, the next and kind of the, the last question, I guess, in, in this current series of questioning, um, are there any causes or charities that you would like to raise awareness of or bring more attention to besides the obvious things like Black Lives Matter and uh, Antifa and missing and murdered Indigenous women, those sorts of things? Um, it's going to still be an obvious one because... <laughs> 
Um, but um, I did the, when was that? Over the winter before I started doing the TPN full-time, I did the, the training course for Trans Lifeline to be a volunteer for them. They have a really comprehensive, amazing training regime that you can do online. And so I'm not even going to ask so much for, I mean, obviously financial contributions, I'm always great, but they're also always desperately looking for volunteers who can um, work on the phones and having been working with the trans community for this long, I've spent a lot of time dealing with suicide and with all kinds of issues surrounding that topic. And I know that while they have issues and things that are difficult for a trans lifeline to deal with, what is going to help them most and what um, is volunteers there and financing. So that's usually what I focus on. And that's what I would do myself if I had the opportunity to do so. Very good. Yeah. I've uh, talked to several people that, that really strongly uh, um, recommend, <laughs> recommend feels like a, uh, the wrong word, but like uh, that, that promote them. And uh, it's definitely an important service because unfortunately trans rights and trans safety is very much kind of under fire again right now. Um, but yeah. It's really like, it's unique in, in what I've seen so far compared to other suicide hotlines or crisis hotlines in that it focuses so specifically on one specific experience being trans people um, that only trans people work there, that they are very aware of the very specific difficulties that trans people often deal with. Um, and there's a lot of reasons why trans people will not call other hotlines. And I've, yeah, I really enjoy, I, I really support and like the, the ethics and theory behind how trans life is set up for those reasons. Yeah, that's very important. And uh, thank you for bringing that to the show. Um, uh, as, as I, I don't know if I've explicitly said this before or not, but uh, the show does aim to be both educational and uh, entertaining and um, to bring awareness to things. So, um, and of course, like to kind of help build some more community. So it's really great to get to, to talk to people who are kind of doing all those things. And uh, as you kind of mentioned, immense privilege, uh, that is something that this is part of why I'm doing this as well, because, uh, you know, I have, I have a lot of privilege as well. And uh, as the show grows and more people are watching and listening, um, I do want to kind of get more things out that people should know about and that they might want to actually would actually support if they knew that they exist. So um, that is great. So um, yeah, now we're going to get into, or I guess the, the home stretch here, the final thing is uh, doing the plugs. So um, if anyone wants to, to find you online, to connect with you, to follow what you do, um, where should they go to do that? Um, right now, the best place is Twitter. I'm, my at is at I'm underscore just underscore lore. And that's where you can find me. That's where you're going to see updates for the Transpeer Network. You can check out the hashtag. It's just hashtag Transpeer Network in one word, um, where you're going to see all the updates I have for that. If you want to support it in my pinned tweet on Twitter, you can find all the links to different options where you can support it financially. That's where you can find a way to get the invite invitation link if you want to join it yourself, if you're trans or non-binary or in any other way not cis. And that's, yeah, that's my plug. <laughs> 
Okay, so that's great for the, for the listeners. Uh, I also will have it up on the screen on YouTube and in the, the podcast description. Uh, I'm putting all of the links as well. So I do try to make sure, because again, really some people are listening, so they're not going to see what's on the screen for, for YouTube. Um, but uh, speaking of that, if you have been enjoying these episodes and you want to keep enjoying them, um, please do uh, come and like and subscribe on YouTube. That will help to kind of get more people to see it. And um, yeah, we do. I do a bonus episode with each guest uh, where you kind of record a little bit extra after the main episode. And that goes out on my Patreon page. Um, so that's uh, currently you can get on there for a dollar a month and uh, you'll get uh, each bonus episode as it comes out and probably early be a uh, before the main episode goes live. Um, and of course, you also get to kind of influence uh, what, what other stuff that I'm doing. So um, please consider that. And uh, I also, this is the first time I'm actually remembering to, to mention this. Uh, I have uh, merch um, because I do design as a, as a side thing, uh, more of like a hobby, but uh, I have done various designs and you can get them on like shirts and pillows and backpacks and, and things like that. So, um, and mugs, uh, I don't have figures. I don't have my branded mug here right now. It's the one time I forgot it. <laughs> it's in the other room. Um, but yeah, so if you want to check out some of those designs and maybe, uh, maybe like some of them, that's uh, artemismerch.com. And again, that link will be in the description and try to make sure I don't forget anything else important here. Uh, my show notes. Oh, yes. And this show you can find at hatcollecting.com or at hatcollecting on uh, all social media platforms. Uh, so please consider subscribing there as well uh, or following, I guess. And um, yeah, we're going to uh, round this out and uh, do the bonus episode. But we're going to do something new today for the first time because unfortunately uh, our, our guest does not have uh, a hat handy. So <laughs> We are going to uh, mime putting hats on to wave goodbye, <laughs> uh, just to kind of keep the tradition alive here. Um, so, uh, if you, uh, so you can maybe on the count of three, we can we can mime putting hats on. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. So we'll go one, two, three. <laughs> So these are our lovely invisible hats. Uh, I hope that you enjoy them. And thank you so much for being on the show, Lore. And uh, again, if you want to keep hearing from Lore and hear what other, um, there's some more interesting questions I've got cooked up here. So if you'd like to, to hear more from Lore, then uh, please come on over to Patreon and uh, subscribe for the bonus episodes. Thank you for listening and watching. Mm -hmm.